following program is brought to you by your friends at Podcast One. Welcome to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Weekly winners from his Wise Guy Roundtable. Broadcasting from the pregame.com studios in Las Vegas. Here is R.J. Bell. National Football League Week 14 edition. And man, what a historic and exciting week here in Nevada for sports betting in the Supreme Court. The arguments with New Jersey, the oral arguments happened on Monday couple days ago, and man, oh man, from what I hear from the insiders, we're talking not, oh, they're favored to get legalization. We're talking over 90%. I had one guy I really respect who's on the inside say 99%. Fez, what are you hearing? I'm hearing the same thing, RJ. Extremely likely and great news for sports bettors throughout the country. No doubt about it. And the judgment is expected not for a few months, though. The official judgment, most likely, if it goes positively, it'd be state by state. New Jersey first and states like PA. Uh, I know Pennsylvania, for sure, is right in the mix. You would expect California pretty quickly. I think Florida pretty quickly. Um, but, again... State by state, I think is likely, though I've got a little inside dirt. Two things I'll share. One is last week, and not mentioning any specifics out of respect, though I I was not told not to, so I'm not prohibited, but just out of respect is I had a meeting with a couple other fellows uh, with a league official, one of the major leagues, who is a big Uh, He kind of has ownership, I guess, within that league on the gambling side. And it was so wild. He was talking about the legalization. He was talking about legalization as if it were a foregone conclusion, like in the middle of conversation. So I think the leagues know it is coming. And this was before the Supreme Court arguments. And to me, that just made me so optimistic because obviously – the league, how the leagues in general, how much they've been against it and the hypocrisy around that, I think is really been a blocker. And if the leagues are starting to kind of realize it's a foregone conclusion, realize that the hypocrisy around accepting daily fantasy and investing in daily fantasy, but being so against the typical gambling amongst or between teams it just it wasn't sustainable. And and I also think they think there's money in it for them, right? And I think they can have, they feel like if they jump in now, they can have a say in uh, preventing, you know, fixing and such, right? Because that's the old debate is if there's more legalization, is there more or less corruption? And the thing I've been most adamant about, Fez, for a long time is in any market, the more monitoring, the more regulation there is, the less corruption there is. Right now, between 99 and 97% of the gambling on American sports, and it varies by sport, that 1% to 3% happens in Nevada, and the 99 to 97% happens elsewhere. And a vast majority of the elsewhere isn't regulated. If, if, if that got to be 70, 80, 90% regulated, 
Who in the right mind doesn't think the odds of catching someone who's point shaving goes way up? More regulation? You know, think about the SEC, not the Southeastern Conference, but the Securities and Exchange Commission. When that all happened, you know, 2000 or in 1929, 30, 31 with Roosevelt and all that is the amount of corruption on Wall Street went way down. Doesn't mean it disappears. But it went way down. I mean, could anyone disagree with that? Oh, everyone has to agree with it, I think. And the irregularities in the betting marketplace when it's licensed and regulated, all of a sudden, here's this guy who's never bet before, and he wants to bet $50,000 on Elon. Come on, something might be up. Elon. <laughs> that got to be inside information. And, and you're absolutely correct and very, very well said. So to me... I think the leagues understand this, but they want to have their part in, in integrity as it's called. And so if they're behind too much, then how they're not going to have much of a say. And from what I hear now, these are rumors that they're so sure it's happening. They're almost that, that, that some of the leagues at least are pushing the, with their political clout to get a national framework in place, because the theory is it would be the if it goes state by state, it's going to be the Wild West, right? I'm not sure what the law would say, but who's to say Ohio wouldn't say, hey, we're going to have betting on high school games, right? Now, that sounds maybe absurd to some of you, but where I grew up, there was a lot of betting on high school games. It was usually three teamers, uh, or you had to lay 120 if you liked just a single team. But, I mean, that happened. You know, these were locals, obviously, barroom guys. But so – the. In general, if you could say, hey, let's accept it nationally, and each state, I guess, could decide, but let's put a national framework in, pl in place that states could buy into and prevent some edge cases that might be negative for gambling overall. But imagine us being so far into this that the leagues are saying, hey, let's get behind a national framework so we can avoid some of the extreme negatives that could be out there. Yeah, and it's a great story for the leagues to say, hey, you know, this is a positive. We're promoting positive gambling with the license and the regulation. We are doing our part to make sure that the integrity is there. And this is something I can't share at all, but there's a plan in place, or at least let's say an intention where the league gets to make a little money from this too, as you could imagine. So it's like, you know how it is, right? You fight the war and then eventually one side knows they're going to lose. So you can fight that very last battle and which is tough on the winning side, or you can pay them off with just a little bit of money and avoid the last battle. Get a piece of the action and look good doing it. Hey, these guys didn't get to be billionaires because they were stupid. Let's say that a lot of exciting stuff especially with all the games. Now, the one downside is CG technology is, has always really had an intention there, you know, Cantor gaming or Cantor, which is multi, many, 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 many billions on wall street started Cantor gaming, which became CG technology with an eye towards, and anyone with any insider access understands this with an eye towards legalization, right? Nevada wasn't a big enough market for this, but if you could, have a proof of concept in Nevada, then, it, hey, Jersey, how about having us, you know, run at this racetrack or in this location? So um, Maddie was super busy this week. He gave a personal commitment. He will be here next week. So listen, when you're vice president, we got to go with the ebbs and flows of his work. But luckily, we've got a behind-the-counter report 
on every game for Maddie that we'll be able to read for every game. He's committed 100% to be back next week. And Fez, we're lucky to have you. For those that listen to the college dream preview, a lot of well wishes with your health. <laughs> well, I, it's not like I came down with tuberculosis here. I had a cold. Now, so have you listened to the college yet? I have not. You might want to. You might want, you might not, you might be mad. Let's just say that. I was just hoping that Buckeye Sports opens up in Ohio, an independent <laughs> sports book, and then I might miss another Tuesday podcast because I'm flying to Columbus. To get down on the bad numbers? Yes. <laughs> so, guys, if you want to hear Fez just crucified in abstentia for an hour and 20, don't, if you haven't, if you, if you listen to the Dream Preview College, then obviously you're going to listen this week. But if you don't, this might be the week to try it if you want to hear Fez get killed. It makes sense because of my streak of best bet winners on the podcast. RJ, I understand why you're disappointed that I was under the weather. <laughs> that wasn't near clever enough to get out from the killing, the, the roasting that you took. But let me tell you this as we segue to the games. This is unlike any week I've seen. We've got obviously the old standbys and the exciting favorites. Public pounder, best bets, derivative bets. But here's what's different. We've got three separate pros versus Joe's games. And one of them is a normal pros versus Joe's. One of them is a crossfire where we have the pros on one side and the Joe's on the other. And me and Fez on one side or the other. And the other is a double like. That, the, that we're on the Joe side. It's pros versus Joes, and it's Steve Fezzik and RJ Bell that are the Joes, but we both like the other side. So I've never seen either of these, a crossfire that's pros versus Joes, and a double like that we're against. I'm excited. Let's get straight to it. First game, we always start. Power ratings disagreement. We've got a disagreement for me, but it's also my best bet. So that's going to be the next last game. We've got a disagreement from Colin Cowherd. That's coming up in a minute. First, though, we got the Football Outsiders DVOA disagreement, and there's multiple this week. We always like to hear Fez discuss why he thinks he's right against the very respected sabermetric measure of DVOA, and that is that one with the Broncos. So if we look at the power ratings from the DVOA ratings. We've got Denver number 32, the worst team in the NFL by DVOA. Fez has him number 27. So five slots off. That's pretty significant. There's not that many, that many off. So Fez, let's start there. Why aren't the Broncos the worst team in the NFL? Their body of work for the year, especially defensively, is still pretty decent. And it's possible I just have not downgraded them fast enough. I also think they've got the right quarterback in Simeon right now. There's no good choices. They got three bad quarterbacks, but huge upgrade over having Paxton Lynch or having the ostrich back there. I think you are right on, but I disagree with you. Is right on in that. When do you use the more recent games very heavily? And when do you kind of look at it and say, hey, it's a short season anyway. It's only 16 games. We can't get caught up in the ebbs and the flows. 
eight losses in a row. That's quite the ebb. And it seems like it's affecting the motivation on the defense. Yeah, you're spot on. The D has really looked to be mailing it in and not just eight straight up losses and against the spread losses, but let's face it. These games haven't been close. You could argue at least five of them double digits. Yeah. There was four in a row at one point in the last one. I'm not sure if there's a stray other one in there or not. And you can argue that they, maybe they should have won the Bengal game, but there's also that aberration against Oakland. Hey, it looks like they hung in there and they lost 21, 14 Well, they were down 21, nothing in the fourth quarter. It's a, it has really been bad football. All right, so let's every game for new listeners, and we get them all the time. Every game we have a leaner like from Faz, or it's a best bat, or he has derivative bats, or he has totals. But you're going to get an opinion on every game. Same with me when Maddie's not here. So you get uh, typically I'll just give the games I like the most, but I'll give a second leaner like on all these games. It's the Broncos at home, actually an underdog plus one against the Jets. Leaner like. I lean to the Jets, and it's all about the superior quarterback. You know, McCown, every time I watch him, it is just a pleasure. It, it, it's a joy to watch him play He's football. He's 38 years old. Wow, is he good. Think about last week. So I know Kansas City has a bad defense, but KC gets up 14 to nothing. I was on the Jets in the game like, oh, we're in trouble. We're asking an awful lot here. And the Jet defense gives up over 10 yards per play, and yet McCown outscores Kansas city puts up 38. The contrast in the quarterback play is just astronomical. It's all about the better quarterback. And like you said, that Denver D may have some good year long stats. They are regressing and getting worse each week. No doubt. And the only thing that causes me, and I actually lean Denver here though, I lean Denver and here's why let's do some simple math. The week before last the Broncos were favored at Miami. They were a, a small favorite. Let's call it one. And now they're a underdog at home against the Jets. So to be a, a one point favorite to a one point dog, let's call it a seven point swing because to go from pick him to one is only one tick. So it's only like three and a half each way. Okay. So it's a seven point swing. Now the Jets versus the Dolphins. Now, listen, the Dolphins are not a good team. I've seen people, it's got the Dolphins as the worst team, but you've got them 24. And if you look at your, but you've got the Jets higher than some too. So I think it kind of evens out. you got the Jets two points worse than an average NFL team. you got Miami five and a half points worse. So there's three and a half points of difference between these teams. There's been a seven point adjustment in one week. It's a situation where I guess I should say it was last week against Miami and the upcoming week against the Jets. So in one week, there's a seven point adjustment, but the teams are playing is only three and a half points different. So what the heck's happened to make it be more that you're saying it should be more than three and a half. I think what happened, if we go back into, you can give up on this. If we go into our time machine and we say, all right, you know what? They're about to kick off Denver at Miami. What would we set that line at? One week ago, right before kickoff, knowing what we know now, I think we'd be like, uh, I think Miami should be a su- substantial favorite. But that's but that's the same way squares think. They see one game. That one game 
So there was 11 prior games, but game 12 is where the revelation came. Well, it's only been two or three games with Simeon. No, it was almost the whole year with Simeon. It was just the other version. I mean, you've seen a year. I mean, how many games? Simeon started like 20 NFL games. Yeah, but he was he was three and one to start the season. So there was some good he was, Simeon. Yeah, was he good? Or he was, was the defense service, playing? He was serviceable and a great point. The defense was playing motivated. Now the defense is mailing it in. But Fez, if I'm looking at your Denver rating, you downgraded Denver one and a half points. Probably should have downgraded them further. <laughs> but you're saying more than three and a half. It should have been a five-point downgrade. Can't, can't you're downgrade on the wrong side. And you actually leaned to Denver in Miami. That did not work out well. I know, but think Maybe about I'm it. Maybe I'm knee-jerking because point, I got beat a, so bad. There's a seven-point difference. You were saying the edge was towards Denver then, which means you thought at least, let's say, a half a point more. So now we're at seven and a half. And now you're saying the edge is to the Jets. So you think the line's at least a half a point off there. So you're saying there should be an eight-point downgrade for Denver in one week. Well, football outside. Well, wait, eight-point. But I'm sorry, hold me, on. Right? Hold on. They have them last, right? Yeah. So, I, but you don't, they don't agree with you. You've got them 27. I know. I, even when I have them 27th, I still don't have any value on either side. This is my, frankly, this is my weakest lean of all the games. <laughs> we like to give you a lean on all of them. I am not personally betting this game. Thank God. I just talked you off it. Admit it. Just say you win RJ. Say it. I, I, you win RJ. Yes. I pass. Yeah. <laughs> But the funny thing is I only lean that way, right? I just think it was a no. I hate this Denver team. I do wonder if the defense is going to get mad that they're a dog at home to the Jets. I wonder if their home field doesn't disappear completely because no one shows up too. Yeah, and w w before Manning, that whole kind of mile high and all that stuff, before Manning, they had an extended period where Denver's home field was not well, – either it was overvalued at minimum. So to recap, it's one of the rarest occurrences you're ever going to get. <laughs> ah. Fez came in thinking one thing He butted heads with me And he left thinking another Lean <laughs> Lean only Denver Next game Gotta give him credit for admitting it Next game Ravens Steelers This is a couple of things It's a football outsider disagreement and, and it is my number one favorite position on Pittsburgh this season. I'm a big Steeler fan for those that have, that's listened for a while. And I like Pittsburgh here. It's not my best bet, but of all the games this year, I'll probably make my biggest bet on Pittsburgh. Let's talk about the power ratings disagreement though. Fez, it is on the Ravens. And this is one that is actually Colin and DVOA. So Colin has the Ravens number eight in his herd hierarchy. DVOA has it number six. You've got the Ravens number 12. Why aren't the Ravens better than that? Because the Ravens defense has incredible stats, number one in the NFL, but they're massively overrated because they've gotten to play against five and a half backup NFL quarterbacks over the course of the year. When they played Green Bay, they got to play against Hundley. When they played Oakland, they got to play against Manuel. When they played against uh, Miami, they got to play against Moore. Houston, they got to play against Savage. And even last week, RJ, they're playing finally playing a good offense with a good quarterback in Stafford. It's anyone's game. It's 27-20. Oh, Stafford goes out. In comes Rudock. 
and they pull away. This team has gotten tons of quarterback scheduling breaks. I got to tell you, that is sharp. It's, 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 I have, and it's funny. I haven't heard it anywhere else. This seems like a common thing we should be talking about. So let's give it to you early. Now, here's the thing. I'm not exactly sure of every element of the DVOA algorithm. You would think they would account for who's quarterback in the other team. But just if you look at even net yards per play and all those different stats, that's not accounting for it. And I think that is a huge factor, no doubt about it. So let's look at this game. Steelers favored only by five at home against the Ravens. I mean, it just, this is a pure value play, in my opinion. I get everyone saw the Monday night game and they're thinking, all right, Shazier's out. And, you know, emotionally, maybe, you know, that was such a hard hitting game on short rest. I don't think any of this matters or it matters very little against the Ravens. I think it's probably going to be a residual effect against the Pats next week. But I can promise you as much as it would make sense to think, oh, we can slip by the Ravens and then be ready for the Pats. It's just not the way the Steelers think. I mean, this this Ravens team, this is the game, the home game against the Ravens. So I'll be looking perhaps to play against Pittsburgh next week. I think, and Fez, let's get your leaner like, and I'll finish my handicap after. What is the, even with you having, you know, you've got Baltimore rated lower. We just talked about the reasons why than DVOA than Colin does. You've got them a half point better than an average NFL team at number 12. Pittsburgh, you got five points better. So four and a half. Home field for Pittsburgh is at least three. If it's not a little more, seven and a half. I mean, Shazier's not, Shazier's not worth a half a point, but let's even say that plus the fatigue is, is like a full point, which really from seven and a half to seven is a full point. It's about 10 cents. So it's like, you know, it's, it's typically a full point that, that key half point. So this line at minimum should be six and a half, if not seven. Yeah. Plus, plus Schuster, plus you mentioned it, the distractions of playing the Patriots. Yeah. This Schuster, some, the third, Receiver, uh, or even the second receiver. What second receiver in the league moves the line? What other second receiver in the league moves the line? Uh, Thielen and Diggs for Minnesota. Thielen, there can't be two separate. They're like they're rece- one and one, one A and one B. All right, so you're saying both of those move the line? You're insane. Half a point? Oh yeah, absolutely. no way. Half a point? Yeah, just throw high. Let's understand this, and you might have to write something in the off season if you want to keep talking like this because it's absurd. And, and make your case at least so we can point Pete. We could say, listen, what Fezzik's saying sounds crazy, right? But he did win the super contest twice. So he's not just doing it out of thin air. I mean, he's wrong sometimes in this case, but go here and read about it because everyone believes and you talk to more sharps than anybody. How, what do you, I would make the case non quarterbacks in the NFL. The average thought of who moves the line a half a point is about 36 players, about three dozen players. Do you agree that's the consensus? I agree. Right. But you think there's two receivers on the Vikings that do? Yes. <laughs> Same with Oakland, Cooper, and Crabtree. And apparently the second receiver on the Steelers and the middle linebacker does. He's n- uh, that's does a great Pouncey, point. Does Pouncey? Pouncey's very important. Yeah, yeah. I'd say half so a Pouncey point. does. Yeah. Right. And does Le'Veon Bell? I see where you're going. Does Antonio Brown? There's 10 guys on the Steelers more important than <laughs> Schuster, Schuster out of USC, who no one could even name before the season started. Yeah. I mean, he's played well, but I mean, so let's call it seven. 
and 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 that's giving you some some uh, props or conceding some points to you. Not literally points, but concepts. Why is this line five? I think everyone saw and overreacted to two teams, the perceptions they're beating the heck out of each other. Let's face it. It's controlled car crashes in every NFL game. Every game is tough and physical. Yeah, this one was a little bit more, but I think it's an overreaction to that. And I got to tell you, I lean to the uh, Steelers here, and I think it's their preferred role, RJ. I like the Steelers. When do I like the Steelers? When they're home. When they're motivated. And when are they motivated? Well, they're motivated when they play a perceived stronger opponent and a rival as an opponent. We've seen that three times that it's really qualified. They played, and these are good teams, the Vikings, the Titans, and the Bengals. They won them all going away by 15-plus points. When did they struggle this year at home? Against a Jacksonville team when they didn't know Jacksonville was good and they had a bad game, and when they took Green Bay for granted with Hundley when they were laying 14, now they're back to the perception is Baltimore is a fine team, a playoff contender, and a rival. We'll get the Steelers' best punch. I agree. I like Pittsburgh here. I gave it on Adam Carolla also with my other game, which will be my best bat here. And uh, by the way, I'm on Adam Carolla's podcast every Wednesday, um, given two games early in the week. We tape it on Tuesday, and it's released Wednesday. And that's part of Podcast One, and we're part of the Adam Carolla family right here with the dream preview. So one of the ways you can subscribe is the podcast one app or uh podcast one at the website. You can do that also. All right. So I like Pittsburgh. You lean Pittsburgh. I also will say this. I'll be candid. I'm I've been anti Tomlin for a couple years now. I mean, that, that he's a, I think well above average coach. I just don't think he's a top five coach, but you hear in you know, in game. I mean, some of these kind of uh, you know kick a field goal here, call a timeout. Their game management. I think he's one of the five or six worst coaches. Now you follow game management very closely. Where do you put Tomlin? You know he's moving up. I have really? slightly below average. I tell you what, I just saw McCarthy and Green Bay try a fifty-seven yard field goal in Pittsburgh. I don't think Tomlin would do that. And I just saw a clear forward lateral in a game with Seattle. And oh, the Eagles on. don't challenge. It's like on a on an every quarter there's a bonehead play by every NFL coach. <laughs> well, not the genius, except for Belichick, of course. Where do you have if you were doing a snake draft? If we were all doing a snake draft, where would you? And you were a GM picking coaches. And let's forget about age because then it gets even more complex, right? How many years does Belichick have left? Let's just say it's for next year, one year only. Where's McVay go? You know, it's funny because he popped into my head as number two. <laughs> I mean, I've heard people talk like that. Rams five and a half for their season win number. They're going to win 12 games this year. I tell you this, this is fascinating. If it was real life and Belichick is the age he is and McVay is the age he is, do you maybe take McVay first? Would you rather have 25 years of McVay or six or seven max with Belichick? I think you got to go McVay. Hard to imagine. All right. Next game. This is a power ratings game where if you just did Fez's math, remember his power ratings come out every Wednesday. I tweet those out every Wednesday. His Twitter handle is at RJ in Vegas. 
And if you just do the math with home field, you can say, oh, here's the four or five games with the biggest differential. He often will like those games. I'm interested in when he doesn't like the game and why Chargers Redskins right now, Chargers at home favored by six. The math says you should like who here, Fess? Math says I should absolutely like Washington because the Chargers only have, I'm giving them one now for home field. It used to be zero. I'm going to give them a point. So I still only get to four and a half. And the reason that it's only a lean to Washington, I'm very concerned, even though they've got 10 days to prepare here. So that's an edge scheduling. Washington just lost to Dallas and dropped to five and seven. They no longer have any playoff um, possibilities or feel that they really have a chance to make the playoffs. Contrast that with the Chargers that suddenly are six and six and tied for the division lead. So we've got one ultra motivated team smelling the playoffs and another team possibly a little bit dream crushed not having a chance. Yeah, dream crusher. I agree with that. I actually lean here towards the Chargers. I think these factors are big enough to make the power ratings overcome all of it. And I'm not even sure I agree exactly with those ratings, but that's fine. Is Here's what. I think that there's fatigue with the Redskins, with the injuries. You know how you always talk about the first injury, the first game, everyone says, guys, we got to rally, right? It's like when the COO is out, at a company and all of a sudden now guys, let's show up 20 minutes early and we can all make, you know, split his job up when he's on vacation. But then if he was gone for six months, you're not getting there early every day. And Washington's had so many sets of injuries, the O line and up and and now they're not going to make the playoffs. I don't think Gruden's all that good of a coach, to be honest. I feel like this is a letdown spot, not only because of the dream crusher, but I think that, When you are inclined to let down, I think there's two factors. One, is there an impetus or an incentive to let down or a stressor to cause you to let down? And then two, how prone are you? How down are you going to be let? Meaning, imagine if you're a little, let's say you you have, how old is your boy? Six. You, You are about as doting as a father as I've seen. It's a wonderful thing to see. But Every parent, the kid sometimes agitates them, right? Never. No, not a second's agitation. Never. Okay. <laughs> I think I agitated my dad every day I ever was around him. All right. So let's say, that, which maybe that makes sense, is let's say this. You get agitated by, you have a good marriage, but you get agitated by your wife sometimes, right? It happens. It happens. All right. So finally, we got some human emotion out of it. So early <laughs> in the morning. Not just robotic love. Early in the morning, my wife knows if she's under the weather she, and, and it, she wants me to take Johnny to school, have Johnny ask me, not her. Uh, and uh, the answer is always yes. All right. So here's the thing. So let's extend the analogy is when it comes to some outside influencing causing an effect, that's the dream crusher. The outside influence is you aren't going to make the Super Bowl. The outside influence is agitation from the wife. All right, so we understand the analogy. But here's the, let's extend it. How far, how agitated do you get if you just lost a $25,000 parlay, let's say, on a bad beat, Versus, hey, you had a great day. You just had a great meal. She, she stress. There's a stressor that agitates you, but you're only agitated a little bit in one case, but a lot in the other case. Right? Exactly, because that's what Browns do: is they give up pick sixes <laughs> against Jacksonville or fumble sixes. It was to be expected. It's no big deal. All right. So the point I'm making is that the 
there's the stressor factor from the outside and there's how prone are you to be affected by that stressor. I think the stressor is there, the dream crusher. I think Washington having so many struggles this year is going to make the crush happen even more deeply than it would if the, if it weren't such a tough season for the skins. Great point. And a team that thought that they could contend. It's not like they came into the year with low aspirations and they're absolutely going to have trouble coming up with the energy, but the chargers, you could make the case. If there's any team that has tremendous energy, it's going to be the chargers. Why Peterman Buffalo the game was over at the end of the first quarter, certainly at the end of the first half, Dallas mailed it in on Thanksgiving day. Another easy win done at halftime. Then they get 10 days off. Oh, and what happened last week? They play the Cleveland Browns, basically a bye where they just coast to a win. They haven't had to give out a full effort in over a month. Yeah, great point. Last question on this one. And just to review, Chargers favored at home by six. We have a lean, though, from on Washington because of the power ratings, but you uh, for you, Fez, but you think those other factors we've just talked about makes it where it's not alike, even though there's a big power ratings uh, difference. I actually think those factors are enough to lean on the Chargers. What is the L.A. fire factor in this game? I don't think it's very significant at all. My understanding is the fires have been up north in the Santa Monica Mountains. And think about the Chargers. They're from San Diego. So even if they moved to Los Angeles, most of the players, where would they locate? Probably south of the stadium, more closer to San Diego. So I don't think it's going to impact them nearly as much as the Rams. Well, that, there's Fezzik thinking there. He's not always right, but he's thinking, you're not going to hear that one anywhere else. Next game, this is our public pounder. That means the public's pound on one side. Bears, Bengals, 90% of the tickets on the Bengals. By the way, we tell you every week, you go to pregame.com, click Game Center, click Within the Game Center, the Consensus tab, you can see the percentage tickets on each team and the percentage cash on each team. The only site on the internet with the cash available in real time for free. Let's talk about the smart money. You know, we actually didn't do the smart money on these other games. There wasn't a ton. Let's just go back, though. Jets, Broncos, it says all the Jets money on account. So right now, the Jets are sharper as of Wednesday evening we're taping here in Las Vegas. So Jets sharper from the smart money. Then on the second game, it was very low handle on Raven Steelers so far. Uh, so nothing to report there. Get, remember, it's still Wednesday. And the smart money on the Redskins Chargers is low handle with all Redskins money on account. So not a ton of it, but Washington is the sharp side early with limited money. And as we said, public pounder now on the Bengals, and he agrees, Maddie Holt agrees, all the Bengals money on account and over the counter. Leaner like in this game, again, Bengals by six. Lean to the Bengals. My power ratings actually would make this game more like seven and a half. And the key handicap here is the Bears game last week against San Francisco. So the final score, 14 to 15, looked like a very close competitive game, and it was. But the Bears only drove into the red zone once all game. San Francisco had five scoring drives. If I make the case that we take out the red zone extremity of who got touchdowns, who got field goals, which is a big element of luck, right? So let's just say, Hey, you get inside the 30, you get five points. Arbitrarily, San Francisco wins this game 25 to five. The bears get a long punt return. They get dominated in the stats, misleading final. Let me talk about the stats. First down, San Fran, 23, Chicago, eight 
Yardage, 388 for San Fran, 147 for the Bears. It's clear that the Bears under John Fox, a lame duck coach, are no longer putting forth that top effort. Yeah, I lean Cincinnati too. I don't like it because I do think this effect, that Steelers game affects them more. One, they lost. And two, whatever slim hope they had of the playoffs, I'm not sure if it's their, I don't think they're mathematically eliminated, but that was a tough loss. Yeah, that's why it's a lean and not a like. You can argue the dream crusher applies to the Bengals as much as it does to the Redskins this week. You think in the AFC? I mean, who's that? Who's going to be, I guess it's the Ravens or the favorite right now, right? To be the wild, the other wild card. Yeah. I mean, the Bengals are five and seven. They're out of it. Yeah. All right. So lean, lean Cincinnati. That's the public pounder. Next game. This is, we're calling the Eli effect <laughs> because it's pretty much all about Eli Cowboys on the road, favored by four at the giants. So Eli's back in. What is the upgrade from Geno Smith? I'm only upgrading two for Eli because Eli's really had a bad year. He has not played well in the eye test. He absolutely seems to have lost the fastball when he throws it. However, I think the spot is good for the Giants to bounce back because who doesn't need a... So you lean Giants. I lean to the Giants. Who doesn't need a week off? Even a quarterback, as tough and as physical as it is to play in the NFL, that was probably good for him to go ahead and have a week off. I also think that... The team is going to respond to McAdoo being fired, the general manager being fired. I don't think that the head coach was respected, and I think that the team is going to bring forth a whole lot of effort. Remember, the Giants have always had a fine defense, and there's been questionable motivation, in particular the game against the Rams, where people speculated that the defense quit. Does the rest of the Giants rally behind Eli? I would think they would. I think so, too. And I also think... That the emotion, let's be honest, probably, you know, he was teared up. And again, I'm not going to judge, you know, him having strong emotions. Obviously, those emotions have helped him become an elite, you know, two-time Super Bowl winner. But it was probably the low point of his professional life, you would have to think. The fact that as a result, the whole city rose up and Francesa rose up, the radio guy. And everyone's like, you treated Eli bad. And as imagine if some middle manager treated you bad Faz, and lo and behold next week they're both fired two of them are fired the middle manager and his boss is fired just for treating Fez badly Fez may that, well stay in the office it, all night yeah, long it would make you feel better right so i think that that the team in general gets uh, an emotional spark from this at least for a game especially against the cowboys because it's easier to get up for that game. But I think the GM leaving, I, I think there's a small chance. Like there's a lot of uncertainty now, right? It's one thing to fire a coach. It's one thing to fire a GM. You fire both in the middle of the season. How rare is that? Yeah, absolutely. And in general, I, that's and, a question mark. I mean, it never happens. And so how, how do I know? how? The, so you can't remember that ever happening. I don't remember it happening. All right. So to repeat lean giants for Fez, lean giants for me, Closing thought. The reason it's not a like is because there's a lot to like about Dallas here. Sean Lee, their linebacker, very likely to come back and play Dallas 10 days off since Thanksgiving. Unlike the Redskins, they now feel that they're in the wild card hunt. So you could argue that the Cowboys will be up for the game big time as well. Yeah, I think almost like that, not quite to the same degree, but that Chargers momentum, this sense of guys, it's within to some degree within our power is invigorating, right? Because professional athletes, especially who are alphas, they love control. When things are out of their control, that's what's stressful. 
Yeah, and that turkey probably tasted a whole lot better on late Thursday night, and then they got back to work. So we're slipping in a very actionable game next because it's Fez's derivative bat, and he kills on these derivatives. These are not these are alternative bats. He's got a first quarter total here. It's the Seahawks, it's the Jags, and the Jags are two and a half. Remember, home field, typically three. Jacksonville's closer to two and a half, so they're saying these are even teams. Fez, what is your derivative bet? First quarter, under seven and a half. I'll lay up to minus $1.55. I watched the Jags. So under seven and a half total scoring first quarter, up to minus 155 on the under. Yes, and the reason being, I watch Jacksonville all the time. Blake Bortles, I think you had a stat on this at one time, RJ. He does not throw first quarter touchdown passes. Yeah, that was going around that stat, yeah. Yes, I mean, the team knows Bortles is a game manager. Hand the ball off to Fournette, play really good defense, and we're going to grind out wins. And also, Seattle under Carroll is a much more conservative play caller early in the game than later in the game. And frankly, they're just not nearly as dynamic on offense. And they're going to have to be careful with Russell Wilson because if he tries to run around like he did against the Eagles on the road against this Jacksonville team that sacks the quarterback like crazy, he's going to get killed. So I expect Seattle to be a little uh, closer to the vest with Wilson. They won't be able to move the ball. And I think Jacksonville ultra conservative. I don't see how we're going to get two scores in the first quarter. To me, Wilson is probably tired. I mean, to some degree, that was one of the great efforts you would say. And you look at Wilson over the last three or four weeks. I mean, a huge amount of effort. MVP candidate. He's just playing out of his mind with no O-line. So if you like Seattle I in any way in this game, I think you look first half because not to mention, I think Wilson and the whole team might get tired in the second. I also think that the Jags have the deepest D-line. I think Philly might have a better D-line, but maybe Jags. But I think unequivocally the Jags have the deepest D line. So they're going to, most teams get tired in the second half against Wilson. My thought is that doesn't happen with the Jags. Can't play a 10 a.m. start time for a West coast team. First half though. Yeah, that's a good point too. So if the, if Seattle has a big disadvantage in the first half because of the 10 a.m. start and they have a disadvantage in the second half, because Wilson gets tired, is going to get tired likely. And the Jags have depth on D line that other teams don't. Sounds like maybe Jacksonville is the side. That's the way I'm leaning. I can certainly see that. My only concern is Seattle has been dynamite in December against the spread year after year under Pete Carroll. Yeah, I agree. And they certainly have momentum. It's only a lean, lean Jags. By the way, Fournette, a lot of talk about him last four games under three yards per carry. So I don't play fantasy myself, but interesting. Next game. And remember, Fez is one and only derivative bat, and you give them out with your premium stuff. You have derivatives sprinkled in there, and man, man, oh man, are they strong stuff. Now, the dis- disadvantage with derivatives is if you're, you want to bet 10,000 or something, you can't get down. But if you're betting you know, nickels or less, you can get down on all this stuff pretty easily. Yeah, what I've been doing on my Thursday night, Sunday night, Monday night football games, RJ, is that I'll put up and I'll say, because some of these props are hard to find, and I'll just say, you know what, strong lean And I'll just list what I personally bet so people can see what I bet. Maybe they can find it. Maybe they won't. It doesn't go into my record, but people can see if they go ahead and buy that pick what or buy that game, what exactly I bet on the primetime games. Second actionable early in the podcast game here, Raiders, Chiefs. We've got the total, the one and only total. Actually, I think you have two totals today, perhaps. I can't remember, but this is one of them. Raiders, Chiefs. 
in the in the spread, the Chiefs at home favored by four. But Fez, you like the total. Yeah, I'm going to go over the 47 and a half. Still a 47 in town. Last time these two teams played, 31-30, absolute shootout. Remember, Oakland, they're easy. They have a terrible defense. And when Carr is out there with his wide receivers, and I'm not sure Cooper's going to be 100%. He's going to get Crabtree back. They're absolutely a very... So a concussion, you think, extends... Ankle also. Okay. The concussion's going to be fine. He's going to be out of concussion protocol. But the ankle is what concerns me. But um, Kansas City's defense, oh my gosh. They got absolutely torched by the New York Jets. Gave up 38 last week. But the offense, they averaged over 10 yards per play against the Jets. That's incredible. But it was so good. Their defense for Kansas City, RJ was on the field for 80 plays against the New York Jets. So they've got Kansas City with a tired defense. Oakland should put up points. I can't see Oakland stopping. KC shootout. I like, I'll probably bet this one. In fact, if I had the 47 right in front of me, I'd bet it right now over. Here's why. Kansas City's offense has really struggled since the Pittsburgh game. And I've been talking about that there's been a variation of cover two that teams have been playing. And again, I'm not an X's and O's expert, but I got people I trust in those areas. But here's what we saw. We saw the Andy Reid give the play calling duties to the OC. And as you said, the the stats were amazing. Now it's one game, but what I know is the Raiders are going to score because Casey's defense has been bad all year. That old kind of cliche of, oh yeah, Casey's rock solid. They've got a good D. Well, I mean, if you look at yards per play on defense, Kansas City, and this is across the season, not to mention, you know, they've been playing poorly, even more poorly recently. Number 27, giving up 5.7 yards per play, 27 in the NFL. So Oakland's going to get their points. The question is this Kansas City. And it seems to me we've got one data point telling us this new OC has some schemes and some perspectives that, that are effective. And there was some talk that Tyreek Hill was slowing down along with the running back hunt. I can guarantee you Tyreek Hill is still running that four, three, five, 40. He was a blur against the jets. Next up pros versus Joe's. And this is a situation. It's the first of three. We mentioned it. This is a normal one. Then the next one is a pros versus Joe's crossfire. We've never had that. That's good. And we're going to hold who the pros and Joe's on until after the crossfire. And then there's a pros versus Joes. That's a double like, and they're against us. We're the Joes, Fez. All right, let's go. The first one though, Vikings Panthers. And this one, the Vikings favored by two and a half with some extra juice on the road. Let's read about who's on whom. Is that right? Who's on whom? Yes, that is correct. I think is. 95% of the account money, that's the squares on, oh, no, I'm sorry, that's the Sharps on Carolina. So Sharps, Carolina, and all of the Vikings money is over the counter. So Joes, Vikings, Sharps, Carolina. Fez, you like this game. Let me get Huey ready. Who do you like? I like Carolina. Oh, you're with the pros. I bet Carolina plus three and the threes disappear. They might come back. I also, if you can't get three, I like Carolina and a teaser as well. Number one. So up to six point teaser up to eight and a half going through three and seven. Exactly. Two and a half up to eight and a half. And I'll talk later about another game. I like to, that you can tease it with the number one factor I have here. 
Uh, I actually have two of them. So line value, Carolina was laying two and a half on the look ahead line. Now they're getting two and a half. The Vikings third straight. So let's talk about that look ahead line concept. So books will put out a line the week before the game. So right now you could bet Pittsburgh, New England, for example, once those lines come out. So that's not this Sunday, but next Sunday. Other than injury, the only things that happen in that week are going to be the one game. So whenever, if if you just wanted a blind system to play, let's say, 20, 25 games a year, and you don't want to overthink it, if all you did was each week, I guess it'd be more than or less than 25 games. If each week you said, I'm going to take the look-ahead line, remove any injury game, and then find the biggest difference and play against that difference because it's likely an overreaction, I think you're probably a slight favorite to be over 52.4%. I agree. So I, so the logic is this is a way to, to quantify an overreaction. Exactly. And why is the market overreacting? Well, they've looked at the Vikings, and they look good at Detroit on a primetime game uh, Thanksgiving. They win. At Atlanta, they go ahead and go into the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. They win that game outright, although it could have gone either way. The stats were pretty close to equal. But now third straight road game for the Vikings that basically have all but clinched the division already. And now they're going to Carolina. It's a really bad spot for Minnesota and Carolina needs the game like blood. Now what's fascinating here is this is a DVOA disagreement as in you've got Minnesota third in your power ratings and they've got Minnesota seventh. So they think DVOA that your power ratings overrate the Vikings. So think about this. This must be a sweet, sweet, sweet Panther situation. The, the Sabermetrics thinks you overrate the Vikings and you're playing against the Vikings. Yeah, because I, what the Vikings, if they actually were seventh, we'd be getting out off the charts value with Carolina. So make your case, though, because I do want to always kind of shine a light, a quick light on when you disagree with the sabermetrics to explain what, why from the Vegas perspective you think differently. I think that Vegas has been slow to pick up on the fact that the, well, in this case you're representing Vegas. Yes. So the question is, if you think Minnesota's third, the sabermetrics think they're seventh, make the case why Minnesota is third and not seventh because their quarterback is playing out of his mind, but historically he just hasn't been nearly at the level but, that but he's why, at. Sabermetrics aren't going to account for prior year. If anything, that's a human bias you would expect you to have. Yeah. So what I think that the emergence of, of wide receiver Thielen, he is playing. I got a Thielen that he's going to catch two more touchdown passes. He's playing really, really well just in the past month, not over the course of the entire season. He's really emerged. So you think Minnesota is a lot better than they were six weeks ago? Yes. Okay. So you had them as low. You started the Vikings as a, as even with Bradford, even without a backup quarterback as exactly an even team. And you've upgraded them five and a half points since the start of the season. Yeah. Started two and two. They won eight in a row. It's just been amazing what Zimmer has done. Remember, Zimmer had that problem with his eye. I wonder if that last year, if that compromised the team a little bit as well, a little bit. I actually lean more towards DVOA in this case. I, I would put the Vikings more towards five or six. Here's why. As much as Keenan has been playing well the whole year, I do think there's uncertainty there. Not as much as there was six weeks ago. But number two, you actually look at their net margin. The only team they've blown out, net margin points 
is that Rams game, which was kind of a definitive statement. You actually look at their scores. The games have been pretty close. And I think that because Zimmer is such a kind of a, you know, no nonsense detail oriented coach, it kind of feels like they're supposed to win those close games, but really statistically, it feels like they've won one or two close games more, at least one more than they should have. And if the Vikings were nine and three, I think you'd have them closer to uh, seven. Yeah. And they probably got a break statistically when they crushed the Packers. Remember, that's the game that Rodgers went out and Hundley, hey, you got to play. And it's in the first quarter. And he was really horrible in that game. Yeah, it's another factor. So maybe Vikings a little overrated in your ratings. Yeah. You know, when you get, when you think of it, I'm just here to help. Fez. The Saints are better than the Vikings. You're right. All right. See, this is it. This is, you're seeing the sausage being made. This is what Fez does all day. He's on the phone with other pro batters and all day they're debating this stuff. This is how the saw we're, we're, we're pulling back the curtain, baby. All right. So recapping, you like Carolina here, even a little bit more. If you just downgraded Vikings at, a half point. At plus three, I like them a lot. Even at plus two and a half, they're worth a bet. Um, And I lean Carolina because here's the thing. If you look last year, and this is interesting, it was the first home loss for Carolina hosting the Vikings. First home loss for Carolina last year in nearly two seasons. So Carolina had that amazing you know, Super Bowl year. And then last year they didn't play as well, but they still were playing well at home. I think it was their fourth home game. And in that game, Cam had zero touchdowns, three interceptions. To me, Cam is almost like the Steelers. It's if he's motivated, he runs more. And he's much the better quarterback when he's healthy and he can run and he's motivated to run. I think because of zero touchdowns, three interceptions last year, that being such a, I think, stomping last year, I think can't. And they got to win to, you know, for playoffs. I think you see a, a really motivated cam and, and you don't always see that even when you, you think they should, he should be motivated. Yeah, and a part of that is it's hard to be motivated when you're playing at 75%. He's been much healthier the last month. I'm going to stick with the lean, though, because I just don't believe in Cam all that much. So, And that's the advantage a batter has. A batter gets to choose when he, you know, we have to do leans or likes, and leans obviously are the, the lesser opinions. But as a batter, I only play probably two to three NFL sides a week. I try to be super selective. Okay, crossfire time. Remember, guys, at the end of this, we don't have to debate who won. The pros are going to tell us who won. And the other guy, well, he can talk to the Joe. He can commiserate with the Joes. Guys, I'm going to let you go first because I'm the favorite, I think. 49ers, Texans. Texans favored by three. Who do you like? Like the 49ers here. This is my quarterback mismatch game of the week. Jimmy G, Mr. Garoppolo, looks like Joe Montana out there. I should actually say he looks like Steve Young because he is able to avoid the rush. I was incredibly impressed with how he moved the ball against the Bears. The narrative is he couldn't get him in the end zone. That was more about circumstances than really about how well he played, including the final drive where they could have scored a touchdown if they wanted to, but the field goal won the game with time running out. He's going up against Tom Savage, his 4.3 yards per play, the absolute worst in the NFL amongst the 32 teams. And also when the game was on the line, and this is a three-point spread, so the game may well be on the line late. Houston was in position to win the game last week. Three straight O-line 
false start penalties under Savage. He still converts a third and 18. They're going to win the game, right? No. He throws it first down into the end zone, intercepted, throws away the game. I don't trust Savage. So San Fran could have scored a touchdown. They chose not to. Yeah, they're on the two. They actually. They could have. They took a knee and took kicked the field goal with time running out. But it wasn't guaranteed they were going to score the touchdown. They likely. <laughs> RJ's been like. Well, I, just, the scene, I just like accuracy. RJ's like. Fez, call, call me crazy. Fez, you're great with your information, but, you know, let's Get, focus on the accuracy. Be specific, baby. All right. You made my case. I almost, I almost don't even have to talk about this game. Houston losing that game is why this line isn't out of hand. The point being, this is saying these are even teams. Houston has a fine home field. It's not like they have a a, a less than average home field. So the idea that against the 49ers, Houston right now, their record is 4-8. The 49ers are 2-10. But somehow it's Superman Jimmy G. They got traded for a second round pick. Is all the difference? The you really think the 49ers are the better team right now? Absolutely. Houston has one win under Tom Savage. You're thinking about that Watson team that beat Tennessee 57 to 14. Also home field advantage. I'm only giving Houston two points right now for well, home field could, because why don't of you the make down it negative year. two because that's just as reasonable. <laughs> I, I think that the crowd won't be into it. What, what's it to be excited about under with Tom Savage as your quarterback? It, there's eight football games at home a freaking year is what to be excited about. I mean, it's, it's not like Houston is some huge disappointment. See, that's what people don't get about this Houston team. Tom Savage started the year. They were supposed to be how good starting the year? Eight wins. They were more towards eight and a half. Eight eight and and a half. half. Yep. So an above average team. Slightly above average, right. yes. So the idea now they're as bad as a two-win team because they lost a quarterback who wasn't supposed to play anyway? They lost their whole defense. They lost the, the six whole, starters now on back defense. To, back to exaggeration. They lost six 11s of their starting defense. Uh-huh. And, and, and how badly have they played? They were good enough to almost be driving to beat Tennessee. Well, Tennessee is no good either. Well, I agree. But the idea these are even teams, I could see you making some crazy case these are even teams, but you can't think San Fran is clearly better enough to like them. Because if it's, th- I guess it's back to his home field worth three or two. Yeah, that's a good point. If we had to set a season win number, the season started today with these quarterbacks, they're probably both right around what, five and a half wins? 10 a.m. Pacific body clock start. San Fran did have a 10 a.m. body clock start last week against Chicago, so they are used to it. Oh, back to back weeks. Uh, that's interesting. Is cut, fly across halfway across the country, play a game that you wake up early for, fly back, you're punch drunk, and then fly again. Oh, that sounds like a heck of an advantage. It's a very bad travel spot. <laughs> if San Fran off an upset win and then having to go and play on the road again, I agree. The spot favors <laughs> Let Houston down. there. You want to change? I'm not sure. It was I'm, I'm not sure. San you want to change again? No, no. Why? Because I'm not sure. San Fran felt. I'm turning off. They the got music. an upset win. This is like such I a think massacre. They expected. They thought they should have been favored against the Bears. All right. Last thing, Jimmy G, your hero. Now, Football Outsiders rate the quarterbacks every week. Last week he was number sixteen. Really? Yes. I watched the whole game. He looked phenomenal. Yeah. I'll trust the numbers. You trust your eyes. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go to Maddie Holt. Who's going to decide this. We got Huey queued up. I think you guys get a hint where this is going. Four times more 
on account, which is the Sharps, on Houston. Three times more over the counter on the 49ers. Steve Fezzik. Fez, I'm going to get you a Huey t-shirt. I'm not taking my Jimmy G fathead down. <laughs> you want to change? I'll let you back off if you want. Yeah, you know what? You're I, not, are you bet? Are you betting the Niners? No, I'm going to. I, I, oh. I want to bet you dinner on this game. I will take my San Francisco 49ers for dinner. Hmm, it is minus 115 on the plus three. You know something? <laughs> I'm going to get. I'm going to give you the nickel. We'll take the bet. I'll take the bet. Let's do it. All right. Remember, guys, we've got a pros versus Joes on a double light coming up. But first, we're going to do the two injury games real quick. Colts, Bills, Tyler's status is why it's off the board on Wednesday. Taping here at the pregame.com offices in Las Vegas. Peterman or Peterson, as we called him a whole, whole episode a couple weeks ago, would be the alternative. What? How many points do you make the downgrade? And I would make the key point. The fact this is Taylor's legs, his mobility is a key. It feels like he, that he'd be less than 100% even if he plays. Agree. So six-point downgrade Wow. for the Peterman project if we had a healthy Taylor. Oh. I think maybe the Peterman incident. Yes. The J.P. Peterman from Seinfeld episode, it plays about the same. Uh, but since Taylor would only be 75%, maybe it's going to be a two-point downgrade if Taylor plays and a six-point downgrade if he doesn't play at all. So four-point difference. Two points from a healthy Taylor, though. Yes. Next injury game. Lions, Bucks, ankle and hand hurt with Stafford. Your number here, I think, is high. You think it's how many points? Nine points (sighs) to go down to Rudock from Iowa, who has not taken before last week an NFL snap. And, RJ, he drove a, he was driving a 2003 Impala, I believe, not exactly a high-paid quarterback. <laughs> I got to be honest with you. If he's got multiple injuries, he's not going to be 100%. So the question is, how much of a downgrade would it be from a banged-up Stafford? Because I'm going to bring up a key point. I had a lot of fun for about a year and a half talking about Jim Bob Cooter, the OC for the Lions. When he came in, you know, halfway through the baller season, I got a tweet when they were talking about Jim Bob Cooter on ballers. And they said, RJ, this must be your second favorite ballers episode. Cause I've been saying Jim Bob Cooter so much is the one time he hadn't played well during that great run. Was he hurt his hand at the end of the last year? There was like two and a half games and it was night and day. I think he's a little fragile where some guys just play better with injuries than others. So how much of a downgrade would it be if he plays hurt? Great point. Probably three points because he doesn't have just one injury. He's got a hamstring injury. He's got an ankle injury and everyone's saying, oh, but don't worry about those because the hand is so much more significant than those other two injuries. That's the one we're really worried about. It's going to knock him out of this game. Next one, pros versus Joes and also a double like. Wowza, let's get to it. I'm going to go first, Faz, because I don't often get hit with Huey because I'm extremely sharp. And... <laughs> But this one, I just, I just don't agree. So let's start. Let's read from Maddie Holt here is 90% of the over the counter money, which is the squares on the Eagles, 80% of 
Oh, wait, 90% of the account money is on the Rams. So 90% of the wise guys on the Rams, 80% of the over the counter money on the Eagles. That's the squares. And as you can guess, I like, like, I like them. The Eagles. I embrace it, but not really. I probably won't bat it. I probably won't bat it now because I don't buck the, the Sharps for any reason. But let's just look at the math here. What's the Rams' home field? I give them three now. That's really? a stretch. It's probably two points. You're wrong on this game. Yep. Here's why. Mike Lombardi, one of my favorites, he just started following me on Twitter, which makes me very happy. Mike Lombardi, sharp as they come. Uh, he was Belichick's counselieri for two years one of them a Super Bowl year. Think about that for a sec. He's like Tom Hagen to Michael Corleone. And he says he thinks more than half the stadium's Philly. Every, you know, he's from Philly. Everyone's coming out for this baby. And everyone in LA is trying to get tickets. But the Philly guys bought him up before the Rams are good. So I don't know if it's going to be 60, 40, 40, 60. But I mean, there is going to be a strong Eagles presence at this stadium. Ooh. I think now, it, that is a, a dream music worthy comment because although I've been raising well, the Rams home field advantage, the Eagles fans travel so well. And there's so many Eagles folks in LA that are huge Eagles fans. But we can't say only in dreams when it came from the Lombardi pod on the ringer. So, but give them credit. Great insight there. Uh, so I'll call it two and a half. So all of a sudden these are even teams. Yeah. It's crazy. You know, the look ahead line, Philly was laying three just last week on this game. What has really changed? We talked about how we love Seattle on Monday night. I mean, Rams won as a, a road favor. I mean, let, I mean, what did you do last week with the Rams? I'm guessing you didn't even upgrade. You upgraded them a half a point. Yeah, they 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 didn't totally outplay Arizona. They got some fortunate fortunate breaks to win by 16. They probably should have won by 10. They should have covered. We upgraded them a little bit, but Philly, you downgraded one point. Yeah, and you could make the case this was a loss we saw coming. Philly had won four straight games by 20 Yeah, plus listen, points. one line six, you don't see it coming. I made Seattle my best bet. I can say I saw it coming. But even then, I wouldn't have bet them at even money straight up. I mean, let's again, let's not spin it. It was an uh, Eagles underperformed. That's why you made it a point downgrade. Yeah, and Seattle outplayed them, but not by the extent of the final score of 14 points. Wentz fumbled so on net, the one-yard line. Net, net, one and a half points of move towards the Rams. Yes. But the line has moved five and a half points. And the spot, yeah, and it's crazy because the spot is now good for the Eagles. The spot would have been bad if they had won that game in Seattle. Then you could say, oh, now they're coasting along and they're ripe to get to get plucked. Well, out, off of a loss, they're going to be in Costa Mesa. They're spending the week in Orange County. They're going to have, instead of a long extended vacation, going down to Dana Point and Newport Beach, it's going to be all football, all focused for the Eagles by all the way, week long. By the way, you can't escape it. Who do you like? I like the Eagles. All right, we'll keep it low. Keep, keep. <laughs> and I, I also, I, I've got to have a second leg for my teaser earlier in the show. At two and a half, you tease the Eagles up to eight and a half. I really like the teaser as well. It feels like just a big overreaction. It feels like the Rams are finally getting love. I think the factor that a lot of people aren't talking about Philly staying out West off a loss, which makes it more potent, right? Because there's more reason to be focused. And also Philadelphia should travel well, keeping the home field, I think, below three. And the fires, 
I mean, don't uh, in this case, do you think the fires affect the Rams? Yeah, much more than San Diego, because like I said, all the San Diego. There is no San Diego. Much more than the Chargers, who still some of them, Philip Rivers still lives in San Diego. Um, And I'm sure they are not, if they're living, some of them are in Orange County, and they're certainly not up where the fires are. But with the Rams, I'm sure that this is directly impacting some of the players and where they live. I tell you guys, we'll see where the smart money goes. But so far, we're... It's a pros versus Joes, and Fez and I got the fanny packs on, baby. We're with the Joes on this one. Next game but is a double like. But first, guys, thanks again. We had another nice uptick. I mean, we are amongst the top 15 podcasts. There's over 200 podcasts on Podcast One. We started like three months ago. The Dream Preview NFL Edition is one of the top 15 podcasts. And I'll be honest. I think it's a hell of a show, but this wouldn't go anywhere without you guys. Why? Because you're tweeting out the link. You're retweeting it. You're putting it on Facebook. You're telling your buddies. Let's be honest. If you're listening over, you know, almost an hour and a half a week, it means you think it's good. Let your buddies decide if it's good. Or if you've told all your buddies, it's easy. Go into iTunes or whatever player you use. Give us a five-star rating. Or subscribe even. Just subscribe so you don't miss an episode because you're busy. Whatever player you got hit, subscribe. All that stuff helps us. It means a lot. And we're giving you another coupon up in a dollar, as we always do when you deliver. It's NFL Dream 13. For new listeners, this is 13 bucks off any NFL pick you want. You go to pregame.com. You click on the Buy Picks tab. And you pick any pick you want. Pick your pick. And then in the shopping cart, you put NFL Dream 13, NFL, D-R-E-A-M, 13, all caps, get 13 bucks off, Fez. That means pretty much half price on your very best bets, your late releases, pretty much what you're betting. Absolutely. And my early release package, which I kept up all week long last week, did go 3-0. and and your season in the in the NFL and college has been outstanding. Yeah, NFL still slightly above 60%, and here we are in lucky week 14. Because <laughs> it's not 13? Yeah, that was from the movie The Hobbit. That's why they always uh, have to travel. I don't want to hear about The Hobbit. You need to travel in 14, I, I, I not draw a li- I Listen, I draw a line somewhere, okay, with the dorky stuff. I mean, you're kind of endearing with it, but there's a limit. Fair enough. <laughs> I will say this with a manly movie. I love, I love one of my favorite parts of Raging Bull. And if you haven't seen Raging Bull, it's one of the great, I, I'll be honest, it was voted the best movie of the 80s, the whole decade. And I think it's the best movie of the 80s. Oh, Wall Street's the best movie. Well, I probably watch Wall Street more, but about once every two years, I, if Raging Bull's on, which is often on cable, uh, on the pay channels, like HBO or whatever, I won't watch it because I don't want to dilute the experience. About every two years, I sit down and watch it. Uh, I saw it in the theater about three years ago. It was unbelievable. But it's when uh, Sugar Ray Robinson and LaMotta, you know, fought like six times, right? Because they, they could only, and you hear the announcer earlier in the fight go, because no one else will fight them, they fight only each other. And, you know, this is the three weeks after the last one. They're fighting again. It's crazy. But then there's a famous line where it comes out and he goes, all right. He goes, it's the hard luck 13th. And, you know, the round, he goes, and you know the boys. <laughs> Love it. Wow. What a movie. All right. NFL Dream 13. Now, as we say, the stakes are going up. Double like time. 
Packers, Browns. Oh, 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 Lord. This is a power ratings play in addition to being a like, a double like even. Explain the power ratings fast. Yeah, so power ratings, I only have these teams three and a half points apart. And we're getting Cleveland here, plus three, plus three and a half. So this is what the line should be, what I would make it on a neutral field. And I'm getting Cleveland at home, solid value. All right, <laughs> let me say this right now. I like it too, but I'm not betting it. I don't bet every like. I bet about half my likes, and the other ones are close. To, like, if I get even an extra half point in a stray rogue line, I'll bet it. But I've committed not to bet the Browns. Let's break this down. Is Kaiser getting better? Because he just had another strip sack at the end of the game last game, didn't he? Yeah, he's not getting any better. <laughs> All right, so is it, I mean, what's, what's driving this being so far off? The fact that Cleveland now has two number one wide receivers and they had no wide receivers before. So the Josh Gordon is so important to this team. Here's the stats. Cleveland is 17 and 37 against the spread without him. With them, they're 17, 17 and two. Think about this. The Browns are horrendous against the spread, but as long as Josh Gordon plays, they are at 500 against the spread. <sighs> How much is Gordon worth? Is he even worth that? A guy that hasn't played for years is he even worth a half a point? He looks good when I see him. Last I saw him last week. He sure looked like he was making a difference. What What's the odds that Hugh Jackson's the coach next year? I would say zero, but I'm hearing some people say they'll bring him back. But if it's, if it's zero, isn't... isn't One third. Yeah, so isn't there a chance the team starts falling apart because the whole process isn't really a process? I it's, a, it's a crappy process. I haven't seen them fall apart. What I've seen is them unable to perform with two minutes to go in games. They have covered for 58 minutes. <sighs> yeah, but then they keep, but I think because of all those or all those games they've lost that they could have won, that makes Jackson less likely to be there, but which it also, causes the problem. But it makes the team ultra motivated to get that very first win, RJ. No one wants to go 0-16 like the Detroit Lions did. Yeah, this doesn't make sense to me. If we do a six-point flip and Green Bay has the second-best home field in the NFL, typically, you're saying the Packers would be nine and a half at home? How can that be? Well, football outsiders, do they have the Packers? Well, worse? remember, that they blend the season. Yep. So you, But you've got the Packers number 24, and you've got the Browns number 32. So you actually have the Packers pretty upgraded from where you had. You had a minus eight. So you think they're three and a half point or two and a half points better than they were at their low point. Yes, because remember, we talked about Hundley. We said, oh, we've got four data, five data points, and he's played four bad games. And then he started to play some good games. So I definitely did upgrade them. The thing that concerns me, other than it's the Browns, is Aaron Rodgers looking good in practice. It feels like that same Chargers phenomenon is, you know, they don't control their destiny, but if they win out, they have a heck of a chance to make the playoffs. It's a great point, but that, Extra motivation applied to last week as well. And frankly, I was on Green Bay, as were a lot of people. That was my play here on the Dream Pod. And we took Green Bay plus two. They closed minus three against Tampa. They really played a bad game. They got outplayed by Tampa, arguably. They were fortunate to get the win. Really a misleading six-point final. Huh. But they covered. They covered the opener and the closer <laughs> in overtime. But somehow that's six. a sign of... A down. I mean, that's what I don't get. Well, they got a, def a, a fluky defensive touchdown, and they yeah. still had to go to overtime, RJ. I hear you. I hear you. You, you won, though. <laughs> <laughs> Two games left, and you know what that means. Best bedtime. Don't know about the future.
that's anybody's guess. Ain't no good reason for getting all depressed. Fire up your pen and pencil. I give you a piece of my mind. <laughs> I've been wanting to sing. Little Blossom. You know what's funny? I'm getting barraged. I mean, multiple ones now. So barrage might be a little strong. With Blossom J or GIFs or GIFs. I'm not sure how I always hear that different ways. They send me Blossom dancing on Twitter now. So if you want to join the club and send me a, a, a Blossom GIF. <laughs> I told someone today, I said, I like the song when I started using it. Now I love it. It's growing on me. I was totally unfamiliar with Blossom until you brought it into the podcast. I, you're a nerd. We talked about that. Nerd, nerd, nerd. <laughs> you weren't even cool enough to like Blossom. But, Bl you know, Brad, by the way, speaking, we mentioned the College Dream Preview. Great addition. We did about an hour talking bowl handicapping concepts. And, and I, Fez, I, you know, I think you could have contributed. You'll be there next week when you're, you know, now your cough is cleared up. But. You don't sound sick today. Miraculous recovery. <laughs> you know, what's interesting about this is I, I got pulled into the college podcast as a special guest uh, for one week. And I knew when I did it, I said, if I do a good job here, I'm going to oh. be around for many weeks to come. <laughs> you know, let's just let's let's let Stephen A decide on this, I guess, be the arbiter. And who better to talk to than the founder for pregame.com? So like Stephen A., we didn't need you. We just needed me. Every week I think that RJ is going to get Stephen A. to say my Twitter, and every week it doesn't happen. He refused. <laughs> All right. If you like the bowl, if you listen to the College Dream Pod, typically, well, you're going to listen. But if you are going to bet the bowls where you don't bet the regular season, that first hour, and we actually go over the 10 biggest games that have ranked teams versus ranked teams, and and Brad had some good stuff. It was an all-star performance. I mean, at the end, it was funny. We we stopped recording and Brad said, we didn't need Fezzik. Yeah, he actually told me that. that the it, I probably would have brought down the podcast. It was better that I was sick yesterday. All right, let's get to the best bet. Titans, Cardinals. Man, this one's another complicated game because we've got a power ratings disagreement. And this is from DVOA and it's on the Cardinals. DVOA says number 20. You say number 28, Fez. Let's talk about that first. Why are the Cardinals worse than 20? I think that a contending team that expected to make the playoffs and now they're on their third string quarterback, Dream got crushed, and I just don't think... I mean, that was like six weeks ago. Yeah. Dream crushed your last two weeks at the most. Yeah, but they were five and six. They thought maybe, who knows, possibly things could break our way, and I think finally reality has set in, and I tend to downgrade teams when psychologically their season is over. But that, that is utter BS because then you would, wouldn't be playing any underdogs, hardly any major dogs the last four or five weeks of the year. I don't think it's utter BS. Washington, we downgraded them. Dream crusher. The Bengals, I'm not we downgraded. with the dream crusher. I'm saying once a team's dream has been crushed and they recover from it, and now they're back to being professional athletes, the teams that have good coaches that are playing hard, like Houston, I'm starting to see a hole in your handicapping here because I agree. There's some teams that when the coach is going to get fired, there's just a lot of turmoil and they play bad the rest of the year. But I think if all you did was find teams after their dreams are crushed, they get a week or two to recover. Let's call it two to be safe. And they have good coaches and you watch with your eye and see they're playing hard. 
playing them blind the rest of the year gets you probably to 53%. Yeah, that's a great point because it really is the eye test. You watch the Giants for a while. They were mailing I it I mean, in. the Jets aren't going to make the playoffs. They're playing, and they're playing super high. Now, the Jets were supposed to win four games, so they knew that week one. Yeah, but the, the idea of a letdown doesn't, like six weeks later, you're not let down because of your seat. You're hoping you're going to get another contract in a year or two. And I agree on the eye test that the Arizona Cardinals are still playing all their players very, very hard. And the idea that, I mean, look who you got ahead of them. I would like to make a bet right now on the Denver Broncos, even money or, or getting point. I, no, no, I'm sorry. You can have the Broncos. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, back up. Okay. I misspoke. I'll take Arizona plus a half. <laughs> all right. Even money or I'll take it at minus 105. Do you really want Denver? Against Arizona. Denver, I would not want. Every other team above them, I would want, though. All right. So you'd want the Dolphins laying one and a half on a neutral field against Arizona. Yes. Oh, you're insane. Dolphins DVOA is number 31, by the way. You want the 49. Uh, oh, with Jimmy G, the 49ers yeah. are much better. Come on now. <laughs> Jimmy against G. Gabbard your in love Arizona. of Jimmy G. What, what is it about these, these quarterbacks? These, I tell you, it's a little... I, Luckily, we mentioned your son because, I mean, it seems like you like the fair-haired quarterbacks. I don't even know what color. He's, he's, got, <laughs> I mean, he, he's got dark hair. They Jimmy say, G. listen, I'm not judging. You Like they said, there's nothing wrong with it. But they say Jimmy G is the best-looking quarterback in NFL history. I'll take your word for it. You've never seen his face? I know what he looks like. So it's just a coincidence that you like. That He's you, a handsome young saying, man. That you keep saying Jimmy G. Like, like, and, and like almost like someone's talking about John and Paul and the Beatles. I just can't spell Garoppolo. <laughs> <laughs> or, or you can pronounce it. All right. So we're agreeing. Cardinals probably deserve a little upgrade on your part. Yes. I downgraded them a point from last week. And that was probably a mistake. I got to be honest. I think I'm undefeated disagreeing with you today. I take five and oh, yeah, it was, I, I put out my numbers and you, oh. and it's hard to get them all right within half a point. Yes. <laughs> well, we know they're not all right. It's the fact that I'm able to convince you of that is, is the trick. Well, I think the same thing holds true in college when poor Brad Powers has to put 130 teams out and I'm like, oh, middle Tennessee state. <laughs> that one's wrong. So I, as you could guess, I like the Cardinals here. I believe the Tennessee Titans are the most overrated team in the NFL. DVOA says they're 21. And I think that's a little high, but they're the third seed right now in the AFC. Their point differential is minus 16 on the season. They've been outscored by 16 points. So the idea that Tennessee is six or so and Arizona has a sneaky, good home field. So it's at least three, if not three and a little change here. So to me, the idea this would be nine in Tennessee, absurd. And by the way, what does Tennessee do well? Let's agree. They run the ball well. Well, based on advanced sabermetrics, Arizona's number four against the run in the NFL. We got value. We got matchup. And Fez, you actually like Arizona, and now you've upgraded them. So you like him even more. So just affirm me even more, please. Absolutely. I like Arizona. And a key part of this is Tennessee. Wow, is this team lousy for an eight and four team? Why are they lousy? Well, look at what happened to their division. They didn't have to play Andrew Luck twice, so they got got reset twice with Indianapolis. They got Houston with Tom Savage. And the reason I bring up those three games, RJ, if you bet against Tennessee in those three games, you were winning literally for 59 minutes on all three games twice. 
you saw covers by the Titans when Derrick Henry runs 75 yards in the final minute as time's running out to cost you covers. No team has been more fortunate against the spread than the Tennessee Titans. And the reason that matters is if people bet a team and win, they're more inclined to bet them again. So there's two universes of batters that got cash with Tennessee when they shouldn't have, which means those universes are more inclined to play them here, which affects the pricing. It does. All right. Next game is the last game. Fez's best bet. And listen, I bet my games, but when Fez bets a game. What are you doing? Why does the guy don't carry his money in a wallet? Hey, why does the guy carry his money in a roll? Taking off the rubber band on. The Miami Dolphins against the New England Patriots. I never do this ever. Make a big bet against the genius, but I can't ignore the spot. Fourth road game in five games for the Patriots. And it's not just the fourth road game out of five. Remember, they went to Denver. They went to Mexico. Then they played Miami at home. That was their only home game. They won in a blowout fashion, covered by one point. Then they had to go to Buffalo. Now they're going back to Miami. And what's on deck? Well, they play at Pittsburgh for the AFC, likely for who's going to get home field advantage, which will be their fifth road game in six games. Do you think that Belichick might not know that and say, you know what? Let's get the win here and let's try to keep Brady upright, keep everybody healthy. Bronk is suspended. He's out. We know he's very important for Brady. Edelman's been gone for a long time. Another wide receiver, Hogan, is injured. So we've got a team, New England, way down to receivers. It's logical for them to just ground and pound. Let's flip over to Miami. Very hard to find good subsets fading the Patriots. But Miami, amazingly, in Miami, they're 4-1 against the spread, hosting the Patriots. And if there's one area where I'm willing to bet against the Patriots. And, and actually, they've won three of four straight up, the Dolphins have. And they won three. Don't, hosting the Patriots. Don't look for that to happen again, but that doesn't hurt. And also, the Patriots, as a double-digit favorite on the road, that's the one niche in their cover armor. They're not very good there. I don't know when it is long term, right? So uh big, big, big road favorite struggle. I I lean Miami here just because I think the Dolphins are probably you know, you've got the Dolphins higher. I mean, we talked about DVOA has them as the second worst team, and you've got them, you know, significantly better. I think there could be some momentum. Right? I don't worry about Gronk as much because they only really use Gronk effectively in close games and, and competitive games. Otherwise, he's more of a decoy. And by the way, in his career, when Gronk is out, the Patriots are 20 and five straight up. Obviously, they've got a cover here, but Belichick's able. I think Gronk in in playoff games and games like Pittsburgh, more meaningful, not as much. I don't think he'd be you. I mean, how many times is he going down the middle in this game? Yeah, it's a fair point. But how many times are they going to risk some other players down the middle? They just want to get get the win and get out with their game against Pittsburgh next week. So I'm going to stick to the lean here only. and. But I'll be honest with you, it's close to a like because I do agree. I think it's about the pace of the game is I think Belichick is going to just slow this game down, especially if he gets a lead. And not that Miami is going to be all that op- or all that effective with the back door. But, hey, even if they're down 17 with the ball, you know, you still got a chance. And you certainly can make the case that this is Miami's game of the year. What game are they going to be more excited to play than home game against the New England Patriots? You know, that's an interesting point. Kind of their last, almost like the rivalry spoiler with a bad college football team. Last game that really matters. That's an interesting point. And New England with their game of the year. You mentioned how important the Raven game is to Pittsburgh. Well, 
that game against at Pittsburgh is clearly look at their for division the number rivals. one seed pretty much. Yes, and they don't have real division rivals like other teams do. That's their game of the year. All right, guys, great pod. Maddie Holt back next week. Remember, you can follow Fez on Twitter at Fezzik Sports. F e z z i k. It's really he's getting better on Twitter. It's really good at Fezzik Sports and at RJ in Vegas for me. By the way, Thursday pod separate. That's up on SoundCloud and my Twitter. And this game, this is the truth, guys, because you know I don't usually even bet these Thursday games. I'm making my biggest bet probably I've ever made on a Thursday non-Thanksgiving game. This one, I don't understand the line. I'm taking off the rubber band. Fez actually agrees with me. Check that out. You can get that link either at SoundCloud or just go to me on Twitter at RJ in Vegas. Talk to you there. Thanks for listening to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Catch the Wise Guy Roundtable each week. College football released on Wednesday. NFL on Thursday. Don't miss any winners. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Visit podcastone.com and download the Podcast One app. Have a question for R.J.? You can contact him directly on Twitter at R.J. in Vegas. Live the dream with us each week. Podcast One has new shows on our new app. Check out all the cool features to help you explore our exciting new programming, like America's Lakers podcast with Jay Moore, Sessions with Randy Jackson, So Random with Corinne Olympios, Attack Each Day, the Harbaugh's podcast, Not Just Sports with Susie Schuster and Rich Eisen, and Sound of Success, the Dick Enberg podcast, as well as your old favorites like The Lady Gang, Steve Austin, Shaquille O'Neal, and Adam Carolla. Get the new Podcast One app in the App Store, Google Play, or PodcastOne.com. Hey, my name is James Petrogallo. I'm Jimmy Wisman. Please join us every single Tuesday for Crime in Sports. So fun. You like sports? You don't have to. Let's just set up a context and find out what an idiot did wrong. What I do like you say? It. I'm in. We're going to do that each and every week. We take an athlete, we break him down, we make fun of everything he's ever done. Yeah. But in order to do that, we have to build up and tell you all about their career and get you to what, James? To grace. grace. And then right. watch them fall from grace Who as they inevitably like do. Join us. Big criminals, small yeah. criminals, sports you've never heard of. Yeah. Doesn't matter. It's the crime. It's the comedy. It's such a good time. Join us every Tuesday for Crime in Sports. You can join us every Tuesday at PodcastOne.com, the Podcast One app, or subscribe on all Apple products. Find us every Tuesday and laugh at people. <laughs>